Paper made. What's going on, buddy? Hey, hey, can't complain. What's hey. going on with you? I'm it's here. Fri- it's Friday night, Friday night vibes. We back on the Zoom. You know, you know how it is. We made it. We made it. Definitely did. And, you know, I love doing things in person, but I feel like doing things in Zoom is still like another good medium for us to use. You know, how was your week? Busy. Yeah. <laughs> Booked and busy all week long. Yeah. <laughs> Very succinct. Mine was too. I had, a, I feel like I did a lot. And I, now that I'm at the end, I don't know if I did anything at all. Like that's, that's kind of like how, <laughs> you know, that is how I feel too. I'm like, damn, why do I feel like I have so much more to do though? Right. And I was doing everything every second of the day, every week. It's crazy. And I just feel like now that we're older, that's just how, that's just, that's what the vibes is now. Like we're just, running like a chick about the head on and you're just like doing things, doing things, doing things, doing things. You don't have enough time to like stop and reflect and look around. Yeah. It's old people problems, man. It got me really thinking about the good old days back when I was younger, you know, where I could just like think about what I'm going to do for the summer when school lets out. Or I'm thinking, all right, yo, I'm going to go play ball after school, you know, simpler times, right. simpler times. There were some simpler times like I kind of like I'm I'm almost mad that you said that because now I'm thinking back and I'm like college was actually like really lit. But you get to the point where you're just wishing you can get older. Like I can't wait till I have a job that pays me this much and whatever. But you're not really thinking about what comes with getting older. And even though people always tell you like appreciate this time, have fun. You're in college. Take this time really appreciate it you're Mm. like what do you know you don't know nothing like this is not all that this is not all that and now that we're here your own car that's the place to be and now that we're (laughs) here adulting is trash bro (laughs) they were telling the truth all along and i was i feel like a dumbass for not believing that's what i feel like they tried to warn us so i feel like (laughs) now that we're going down this road of reminiscing on our youth and how good things were let's let's see what the youth of today and the younger people how are they like navigating this world and you know the field of stem and college the good old let's see like if they will listen to us you know know what i know just which youth to help these questions though like i know i i have particular youth in mind because I have a little brother. Oh, yeah. You have a little brother. I do. And it just turns out that both of them are in STEM, too. You know what? They should be on the show. What you think? Let's hit them up. Let's hit them up. All right. Let me think. Let's do it. Let's hit them up. All right. I'm down. Black Hypothesis. Everybody, this is the Langston Jewels and Paper Me, and we are Black, Black Hypothesis, Hypothesis STEM for, for the, the culture. culture. Yo, Brian, you on? Yo, yeah. Matt, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. what's up? I'm always good. Uh, I'm so happy to ah, have you guys them. on here. The you, them, I'm tearing. I'm tearing. I am tearing. <laughs> I miss you, bro, bro. Miss you too, sis. Uh, that's so cute. Not I know. I'm us. like, he's probably getting embarrassed that that I'm like calling him bro, bro. But that's what I call him in the house, you know. Yeah. 
They're too cool. They're too cool. They're too so, cool now. They acting like they don't know me. Right. That's fine. Because y'all are the stars. So if y'all don't talk, there's not going to be nothing to talk about. So I hope y'all bring more energy to that. All right. So we got a couple of questions for y'all. Y'all ready? Cool. So let me ask. Let me actually ask you, Ma- Matthew, Paper Maze, little brother. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your background? What you doing right now? What are you doing with your life, young man? Right now, I'm in college to be a biomedical engineer. I'm at Rutgers, New Brunswick. You feel okay. me? I work two jobs part-time. I'm a lifeguard and a surf instructor at American Dream. And I'm, I want to walk on for football, too, but that's another thing that may or may not happen later in the future due to corona. So we're going to see where that goes. Yo, that's what's up. There's people out here waiting days on unemployment lines. My boy got two jobs. <laughs> this people with zero. God is good. So I'm happy for you, bro. Killing it right now. I had a part-time little thing in college, so you're really killing it. This is the Langston Jules' little brother. What's going on with you? For me right now, I'm a QA test analyst with HSBC. So doing that work at home thing, you know, on my laptop every day. Ain't nothing like working from home, man. <laughs> yeah, I thank God for that. I have a job I can work remotely. What were some of the things that you learned in school, I think, that made you feel that that job was cool for you? Well, it's uh, technology-based. Whenever they have, they're testing like a new security structure for people who are logging into their banking and make sure all their security is set up and uh, all the links are going to where they need to. I like the idea of security because I'm transitioning to that kind of field too, even though it's a lot different than you guys, because it's not like engineering based or anything like that. It's more public health. To me, security is like kind of parallel to like badass spy, cop, military, you know, superhero type thing. (laughs) gradually went in a different direction than you thought it was going to go. But that's what I think. That's what I feel like you get to do cool stuff like there's cybersecurity and then there's digital stuff and that I don't understand. But it sounds like that's really cool on your end for sure. And that was your first job out of college. Yep. First full time. I just want to interject and say, I think I'm low key jealous of my brother because one everything that I've done, he's done it with like way more ease and like way less preparation and very casually. You know what I mean? Same like, here. <laughs> that's because we paved the way. And I don't want to blow the way for that. definitely did. I, maybe that's part of it. But I don't want to say like too much, but I want to say like he didn't boast this, but I think he'll probably talk about his master's degree later on too. And it, he just made it look very easy. And now his very first job out of school, he gets to work from home. I was livid. I'm thinking, all right, now he's now he's gonna get it. Now the I real know world, that's right. Now the real world is gonna get him. No, he gets to work from home in his very first job. So I, I, that's yes. crazy to me, bro. He's he's feeling the cushion. He's feeling the cushion. All right, Matthew, big man, got one for you. You said you you're studying biomedical engineering right now. Why why would you say that you chose that? I always knew I wanted to do something with engineering. Um, I've been engineering since I was in elementary school. I started off making Lego Mindstorm robots constantly. I would make them a lot for my science fair. It was because my technology teacher, she found out that I really like computers and like just doing it and it had to do with programming. And she got me into it first. I didn't really move to biomedical engineering specifically until around seventh grade when I had a biomedical engineering project. When my STEM teacher at the time, she asked me, she had this project in which she wanted us to make prosthetics or design a, a cure, so to speak, you know, with air quotes, 
for some type of disease that's out there, like including cancer, something that relates to how it's being treated and how we could better that. I decided to build a prosthetic arm out of Lego Mindstorm, something I was like um, focused on. A prosthetic arm that I loved and worked like really hard on. And from that point on, I realized that I really enjoyed building prosthetics. As I got older, uh, like my dream like developed from just like building prosthetics and like that Iron Man scenario to realizing that I like to be active with all the sports that I play. And I know that there are a lot of people out there that would love to be active and like either lost something that stops them from being active like I am or just aren't able to get up and go like the same way like I am able to. So I wanted to try to help better the lives of people that either either lost or were not able to have the same opportunities that I have. And like, I just felt like that was a good way for me to help the world and do something that I love to do. Actually, Matthew probably doesn't even know that I shared a little story about him in one of our episodes previously. Matt, I told everybody about that uh, tool that you made for mom, that you were trying to build a tool that would have all the utensils that she would need to cook. Because y'all y'all remember my mom is a great cook. <laughs> and so it was like it had the spoon, the spatula, the like everything, the whisk and everything attached. And you were thinking like you would keep developing it and eventually it would be one handle because it was it was a pretty big tool. <laughs> it was pretty gigantic, but it was one handle yeah. and then all those tools were attached at the end. So y'all could probably imagine how it was like a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, of it was supposed to be a, yeah. <laughs> and then you were Swiss like, Army "Oh, one day in the future, I'll like make it again, but it's gonna be one handle, and it's gonna be like a lightsaber type of thing where you could press which tool you wanted, and that's what's gonna pop out of the handle, and then you don't have to have like all mm -hmm. this shit." But <laughs> and I was like, "Yo, you're so cute. I love it." <laughs> Crazy making making things from young. That's cool. It's cool. Uh, Paper made. How about my little brother? You know what is? I want to. I wonder what he's been doing. What was your favorite project in school, Brian? I was thinking about my senior design for my undergrad. So we had to think our problem out in the world and think of how you can make something to solve that problem. Mm -hmm. So what I thought of was like a lot of times at home, I like to uh, take my uh, plate of food and bring it to the living room. I designed something that you can attach to a plate to the outside rim of a plate. And then I thought of like other sister plate designs and also like uh, it could be applied to bowls and like cups so that older people or a lot younger people, they it would be easier for them to carry plates and, and dishes, even if they're hot or they just had like dexterity problems. So I went through the a whole process of like using a software to select a material that can handle the, the average uh, stress uh, a plate of food can have. And then like I went through different iterations of, of designs to make it so that whatever whatever attachment that would be put with the plate, it can it can handle the stress. You should have been in my house, uh, too. <laughs> I've been thinking about like going back to it and like uh, for the developing that idea. Uh, As you should. It's that's the cool thing about going to school for things like this, because you can do your job, but also have these side projects where you have the knowledge to create whatever it is that comes to your mind and you don't need anybody else to do it. You can do it yourself. Definitely equip me to handle that project in a theoretical manner. Okay, so you guys seem to be truly creative and capable. So is this stuff just easy for you? Like what, were you just born geniuses or something? Matt, well, you go ahead and answer first. I never like, like 
genius. I was never born a genius or anything, but I was born like wanting to do something. And like, if I really like get determined to do something, it's going to get done. Anybody can have an amazing thought is what I think of. It's just like whether or not you do decide to pursue it, you'll be considered creative in a sense because everybody has those creative thoughts. It's just the most creative people decide to pursue those thoughts. Okay. And what about you, Brian? Like, what would you, do you think you were just born smart as hell, smarter than than the regular person? I don't like the, the idea of like some saying someone's born a genius. I, I just think that like people have like an innate desire to to learn about something for, for whatever reason that, that may be. Maybe they're, maybe they're surrounded by people that uh, instill that, that desire in them or they, they want to see those people happy. Like I remember my dad, he, he like he quizzed me on, on math stuff on the drive back from school. And I like I like seeing him happy whenever I, I saw whatever math problem he thought of. That warms my heart. And you see that I think is it just touches on the push and the motivation for many parents and mentors and just friends in general to be really supportive of people that want to learn something and to push them to learn and do more. Because I remember when I first moved to the States, it was something abnormal to kind of be smart or to be bright. You didn't want to prove yourself to be capable in that way academically because you'd be considered like a nerd or a geek. Whereas outside of the United States, it was very, it was amazing. Like you would be praised for being smart or brilliant in any capacity. So just to know that that was the support that you were receiving from your father kind of like shows how that support could really uh, push or or motivate someone to accomplish the things that they create or think of in their mind. I just want to cut it. So, Matthew, I really liked what you said about the only thing that's really different about you. It's not even different. It's just something about you is that when you uh, see something that you like, that you're interested in, or you see have a goal in mind that you pursue it, and then you try you try to do everything that you feel like it needs to be done to accomplish it. And honestly, that's life right there. Like I was, I, I was major because someone can seem like a genius and all they really did was put in the effort and they put in the work and they like um, did everything they need to do to get better. And they had the perseverance and they had the mindset like, yo, I'm going to continue to get better at this little by little. And if you do have, and if you do continue to think like that, you and, and Brian and me and Paper Maid, that's where like you see people make huge leaps and bounds, and, but you don't notice all the hard work that you put in. So it looks like, you know, they are geniuses. They are super talented when it's really not. They're the same as you and me. And you can see examples like that, that everywhere. Everyone who's a superstar or someone who's made it to a really high level. So I'm looking at y'all like that. I was like, I was not thinking like that in college. But I know that these are young black men. OK, uh, my brother's not in college anymore. Brad, Matthew, I know you in college now. So I'm going to ask my brother first. How would you describe the black experience at the college you were in? And if you can compare that to the black experience within your major. So within my major, I could probably count three other black people total. So I was in mechanical engineering and uh, thinking back, I, I wish I reached out to, to them more. Uh, so within my major, it was pretty uh, minimum. But within the, the college, I was, I was part of National Society of Black Engineers. That was very helpful in seeing like seeing other other people going through the same things as me. And it was very encouraging to see that uh, like we're, we're in the same shoes. We're going through the same stuff. OK, right, nice. Cool. All right, Matthew, same question. So at Rutgers, all engineering students take the same core classes our freshmen in like part of our sophomore year. 
Um, right now, though, I still do not see a lot of black men or women in any of my classes. I probably, in total, all the black people that I've met so far have been three or that I've come in contact with. Dang. At least, like, in my class, they can get, like, really small, like, the people that you're able to, like, relate to. Um, that causes me to feel, like, a little, I don't know, I get, like, very competitive now, like, in classes. I want to be, especially, in, like, like I was saying earlier with my physics class, like, I get, like, that's one of the classes I get really competitive in and want to, like, kind of, like, show a dominance. I don't know if that's, like, because I, I played, like, a lot of football, but, like, I don't feel good if I'm not performing to a certain level even when i feel like i'm lazy and not doing enough work like, to study when i get into a class and i'm like around all these people i'm gonna ask more questions just to stand out more because i feel so small okay all right well you know what i'd like to know because that is something that so many people in stem experience and it's we're just trying to feel out if you guys are now experiencing something different than us <laughs> but it seems like you're not yeah Unfor that was 100 my own experience so yeah. it's sad to see that things have not changed <laughs> yeah it but especially even now that everything is like things are virtual it really sucks that you're still <laughs> seeing only three yeah. people in your class but what i would like to know now is what would you say, because you guys say that you weren't born geniuses and now you say you still only see, you know, only a few people who look like you in your classes. So then what do you consider? Let us all know. What do you consider your most difficult class to date? OK, because I feel like that'll give us an idea as to one, it'll prove that you're not a genius. <laughs> And two, it will show us what it is that we're, we, the general public, may be fearful of when it comes to entering like a major or a career in engineering. Chemistry, no question. Chemistry is trash. Chemistry, oh. chemistry is so trash. <laughs> okay, you, Brian, <laughs> your turn. Oh, my, mine's kind of more specific. I, I, had to, I had to search back to, I remember the number, it was 2120. <laughs> I know. I can remember that that was name. Twenty-one. The mark of the called. beast. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Mechanical properties and selection of materials. That was. Oh, that was the one what, class I failed. Do you think it was more the professor that was the reason that you hated the class so much, or do you think it was the course itself? It was. It was the, it was the course itself. Uh, damn. Like, damn. It was, it was just a second year course, but it was. It was so hard because. There was a there was a, a programming project also mixed into it. We had yeah. to mix in the program that that you learned from freshman year. You had to program something to like uh, identify the stresses and, and weights or whatever in a shaft. Yeah. And I just I just could not combine the two like knowledge areas for myself. That's the thing. People <laughs> think it's gonna be the latter classes when things get more rigorous and when you're entering that particular field that you want to be in and trying to be an expert at that field. But the truth is, it's usually the first and second year classes that kick yep. your ass yep. the hardest. They're trying to weed you out to see if you really want to stay. Do you want to stay? And that's why you got to I feel like our listeners, if you're interested in particular STEM classes, I knowing that knowing that information that the first two years are the hardest may help you. You know, just remembering that 
they're trying to, it's like fear factor, you know, it's like fear factor where they're just trying to be like, oh, test you, test you. And they're waiting. They're just waiting for you to drop the class, waiting for you to change your major. And the second, if you could just make it through the second year, then you'll feel more comfortable. No, I definitely agree. I, my t- the only two classes I failed was sophomore year too. So that's that might be just like the <laughs> the learning curve. Yeah. <laughs> but, but so Matthew, I hope you picked up on that, All right, bro. All right, I know you you still fresh in the game, but you just keep your head keep your head together. You know, it's COVID, so you don't have as many distractions as we probably did when we were in college. <laughs> So there better not be no no issues over here, right? I like to people. I like to ask for people's report cards. I'll, I'll tell you that straight up. <laughs> you would think it's less distractions, but honestly, I would much rather an in class experience. COVID has made it harder, like to to make friends. My goal was to make friends with people that are gonna like build you up, but yeah, um, because of COVID, people have been like a lot more distant and hanging with people they already know or came with. And then being online, it, it like takes the stress away from being late to class like to somebody's face like you would hate to walk in and have to confront your professor face to face you feel me but like yeah now, now i'm just gonna join i'm gonna have my camera off you ain't gonna say nothing to me it's like and if you do boop i'm just gonna hang out like, like, I'm not gonna, like what? so you're getting a little lax a little yeah, yeah. a little bit okay yeah when okay. I was at home, when I was at home, I was in my bed. I didn't even have a desk. So, like, I just spent the whole day like, in my bed, like, day after day after day. And it was like, it's not. It's you got to be active. Being active yeah. keeps the blood pumping and your mind working well. So here's my la- here's one of my last questions, too. I want to know, because I feel that when it comes to some of the people that we interact with and maybe even some of our listeners, We may think that if you're into STEM or you want to pursue a career in a scientific field, that that's all that you're about. Like you are just a full nerd. Like that is all you care about. That's what excites you. And 24 seven, that's what you're doing. But what is it that you guys like to do? What are some of the passions outside of the classroom or outside of the office that you do? Okay, we'll start with you, Brian. <laughs> yeah. <we're> like, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for for these questions, I usually go with with anime. Uh, I love watching anime. Oh, I love uh, anime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, my brother introduced it to me many years ago with, with Naruto. So I, I was claimed as my like my first starter anime, and uh, s- since then I watched I watched many. <laughs> I read many subtitles. I probably read more <laughs> subtitles than than in books. But uh, from from that from that hobby in my undergrad, I took I took a couple of Japanese courses that that fulfilled my liberal arts curriculum, and I learned a, a lot about how like uh, Japanese grammar and how they how they structure the sentences, and some about uh, Japanese culture. In my undergrad, that was a good break from like all the hardcore engineering scientific courses that I was taking. I was going to say preach, preach, Ryan, because I think that's a fantastic idea to remember that, yeah, you're at university, but there's so many requirements of you, especially engineering is a credit intensive uh, major. So having a few classes that do take away your, you know, some of your requirements to graduate. I, I encourage every single person listening to this podcast do not take classes, one single class that does not take away a requirement for you to graduate. 
or for your major. Like it is nonsense. You're wasting money. That is free Take money it on for your them. own time. Okay, that free. is on the house for them. That is on the house. Like if I could tell you anything, because this institution of school and academics, it is a moneymaker at the end of the day. So if you forget that your school is a business, you're in the wrong. Okay. <laughs> So I think that that was really great on you to take advantage of the fact that you needed to take some type of humanities to graduate. And so you took it in something that was interesting to you, a hobby that you happened to pick up along the way that you would actually be interested in. Because things that you're interested in aren't as difficult to complete, aren't as difficult to get A's in and stuff. What about you, Matt? Like uh, what, what passions do you have outside of the classroom? I love to play sports. I play a lot of football. My freshman year of college, I wasn't able to do anything due to Corona. I've joined like some flag football league just to keep myself satisfied. Um, <laughs> I still love to work out. And like, I try to go to the gym whenever I can or work out in my room. Um, it's, it's easy to like miss like some training days, but that's what like keeps me like comfortable and happy. People think that smart people cannot be jobs. Like they think that, that they're separate entities or separate types of personalities. But with our family, it definitely is a connection between the way that we like to think and also the way that we like to move because both of Matthew's sisters are also dancers. Go ahead, D. Langston Jones. Going back to what my brother talked about, um, why he learned Japanese and how anime got him interested in. Uh, a few years ago, uh, we went to Japan and I, I, I just got him there as a birthday gift or sorry, as a graduation gift. And we were in Japan and I also wanted him to like flex the Japanese that he learned in school at Cornell. But we stayed at a hotel and they spoke mostly English there. And I didn't really see him like do anything super impressive. So I thought, oh, this guy, man, he, he didn't learn anything in school or whatever. So we were there for like a couple of weeks and one day. Uh, we just decided to go to like a city really far away from where we were staying, like maybe an hour away. So uh, we got in the car and then we drove down. It was like maybe in the middle of the night. I think we wanted to go to like bars and stuff down there in the city in, in um, Okinawa, Japan. So we got lost and I pulled into this parking lot just to like try to figure out where we are and look. Oh, y'all were driving? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do a drive. Courageous. We drive. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's like on the, the left or the right side of the road. Whatever side we don't drive on. It was on the left side of the road, which is crazy. So then I pulled so I pulled over to stop and then I just heard the car shake, like something hit the car from the bottom. So I was like, whoa, what was that? And then but I didn't think anything of it. Like, let's just get out of here. And then I tried to move the car and the car was like caught on something like underneath. I get out, I look underneath the car, something had raised from the bottom and like locked the car into the parking spot. And that's when, that's when I realized that we were, like that's just how some Japanese parking lots are. Like once you pull in, they lock your car in, so you have to pay to make it go down to leave. So I was like, oh shit, like I did not know, what, I didn't know what the hell was going on, you know? And uh, that's when I realized I was actually in the parking lot to pay, but I didn't know how to read the meter to pay. I had yen and stuff. I didn't understand how much yen I needed to make the car move. And I'm like, I'm not freaking out yet. But I was like, yo, this, I, I don't know how to get out of this situation. And my brother just walks over to this Japanese lady. And then he just, I don't hear what they're saying, but I hear them conversing. 
And she doesn't look confused by what he's saying at all. And they say, oh, okay. And then he walks over to the kiosk and punches in all the numbers. And then the thing just goes down. And then we can just go. I was like, wow, that was great. That is awesome. <laughs> he got us out of there. I would be it's like a 10 minute combo, but something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but he still got it done. So if I was by myself, I would still be there today. I like, love try it. To <laughs> Brian saved in the day. In that parking lot. He saved the day. <laughs> he definitely did. All right. So I think this is a great time. I know it's Friday night. I know you guys got plans. Brian, I'm sure you got anime or something, something else going on. Matthew, you better be. Well, I think you said spring break just started. So I think you maybe have a few assignments left to go. Then you can enjoy the rest of your time. So, fellas, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun this episode. I hope you did. Too. I had Paper May looks like she had a lot of fun. Too. Definitely. What, how about y'all? Thanks for having us on. Thanks for writing. Yeah, it was great. I appreciate it. Little brothers, little brothers. All right. So at least now we know who we might pass this show on to. So uh, Paper Made, Langston, D. Langston Jules, Matthew, Brian, we all signing out. Thanks for listening, everybody. Guys, thanks for joining us today. And we hope you liked the episode. You can find us on all available streaming platforms. And please be sure to subscribe to this podcast. If you like the episode, go ahead and give us five stars. You can also follow us at Black Hypothesis on IG. We are also on Facebook. If you would like to reach out to us concerning any ideas for the show, critiques, or you would like to be a guest, go on and send us an email at blackhypothesis at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Peace.